All right. In honor of the past week, I'm the turkey who's trying to make sushi a Thanksgiving Day tradition. My name is Carter Freimuller, and we have the one and only groundwater outreach specialist. Doo, doo, doo. So we want you to send your hunting pictures to the CNR SSC to get featured in the CNR Reporter because, you know, who doesn't like big ungulates this time of year? The American Water Resources Association will be meeting on December 3rd, which is this Thursday, and they'll be presenting about the Forest Service Burn Area Emergency Response, also called Forest Bear for short. Um, know that the applications for course and plant IDTAs are now available for the summer field experience. So you guys can check those out on the SSC website. So Dr. Brand, do you think that you could make sushi a Thanksgiving day tradition? Ooh, I don't know. Um, my family is pretty big into the turkey and ham. Yeah. Um, so I don't, if, if it was anybody but me attending this Thanksgiving, I don't think it would fly. No. It, I, I would be all for it, but. <laughs> not, not the other people in the, in not the other people. No. So can you tell us a little bit about um, how you got to Stevens Point and how long you've been here for? Yeah, sure. Um, so I am one of the newer faculty members um, in the college and the newest one in the water resources and fisheries discipline. So I joined in August 2019. So I've only been here about one and a half years, not, okay. even, not even one and a half years yet. So I'm an assistant professor um, and I came here from a postdoc position at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, and before that, I was in British Columbia, Canada, doing a PhD at Simon Fraser University. Okay. So did you, uh, where did you grow up? Like, were you always outside and things like that? Like, did you love the water from a young age? I loved the outdoors from a young age. I grew up in um, Buffalo County, Wisconsin. Okay. My family has a dairy farm there or used to be a dairy farm. Mm -hmm. And so I spent most of my childhood running around the farm and exploring the forest. And so I've always loved being outdoors. Um, it took me a while to land into the hydrogeology field. Um, okay. I had a very circuitous <laughs> path into it, um, but it was definitely all started with how I grew up and spending a lot of time outside. Okay. Uh, you, so you said you've been here uh, not too long, but do you have any favorite courses that you like to teach here at Point? Yeah, so um, I have a lighter teaching load than a lot of the other faculty because my position is 25% teaching and 75% research and outreach. Mm -hmm. So the one course that is mine is hydrogeology. So it is my favorite to teach because it is entirely my course. Mm -hmm. um, I also teach the lab section of some of the lab sections of Dr. Clancy's geographic information systems course. And then I have one that's coming up that might turn into my favorite, but I haven't taught it yet. Um, this next semester, Dr. Clancy and Dr. McGinley and I are offering a special topics class in um, our programming for natural resources. Okay. So I do a lot with um, programming languages and spatial analysis. So I'm pretty excited to do that one next semester. 
that sounds really interesting. Our studio and our programming is a really powerful tool. So that's really yes. interesting to know. Mm -hmm. um, so can you also tell us a little bit about the uh, Center for Watershed Science and Education? Like what is, what is that compared to, let's say like a professor's job? Sure, so the Center for Watershed Science and Education, um, basically we have two faculty in the Center for Watershed Science, that's myself and Dr. McGinley. And then we have um, some research staff and of course everybody associated with the WHEEL lab, the Water and Environmental Analysis Lab. And so the WHEEL lab does all the um, laboratory testing of water quality um, and they employ some students. So if anybody's interested in getting into having that sort of job experience, um, definitely look into working in the wheel lab. But what the rest of us do is try to um, do research on groundwater issues that are important to the state of Wisconsin and also educate the general public. So anybody who's interested in um, all about groundwater. So what groundwater is to begin with and what it means to have your own well on your property and if you should be getting your water tested and what it means when you get results back um, mm -hmm. from those water analysis tests. And um, yeah, so basically just trying to inform everybody about groundwater in Wisconsin. Okay. How would you compare your relationship between like all of the schools that you've attended? Like not necessarily like a favorite or something like that, but um, like how did the schools differ that you went to um, compared to Stevens Point? Yeah, so I started at Winona State University in Winona, Minnesota for my undergraduate degree in geoscience. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say that Winona State and UW-Stevens Point have a very similar feel. And that is one of the reasons why I actually looked at this job and decided on this job specifically is because I liked the smaller undergraduate institution and how many opportunities were available to do um, sort of outside field-based research that I had as an undergraduate. And I know that UW-Stevens Point has that same feel and the faculty are very personable. Um, I loved my professors at Winona State and I think the professors here are equally as amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, so that really was a major factor in my decision to come here because it was so much like the undergrad institution I attended. Um, the ones that I went for for my master's degree and PhD were larger, obviously, so a different feel. Um, I really liked Simon Fraser University in Canada, um, which was a different thing altogether. It's a private institution instead of a public one, um, but it was a little bit on the smaller side and um, had wonderful faculty there as well. And then of course I went to Indiana University in Bloomington, which is a giant big 10 university. Mm -hmm. um, and while the resources and the research programs there are amazing, it was really difficult to adjust to having come from these smaller universities to begin with. Mm -hmm. What made you want to go, could you have found um, a job that you would have liked without a PhD or like a master's program? Like what led you to do, what led you to the postgraduate education? Sure, I actually, so I did have a job that I liked before I started the PhD program. After I finished my master's degree, 
I worked for an environmental consulting agency in Wisconsin, um, and I got to travel around the state collecting groundwater samples and doing um, site assessments and writing EPA grants. And I, I really enjoyed that job. Um, but I also really like research and that wasn't something that I could do at an environmental consulting firm. And that was mm -hmm. why I chose to move on to the PhD. So there are all kinds of interesting and rewarding jobs that you can do without a PhD. Um, environmental consulting firms is one of them. You can also of course work for the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources or the US Forestry Service mm -hmm. or just any of those um, federal programs, the National Park Service, they all have jobs that are geared towards water resources. Mm -hmm. But because you wanted to go into the more research side of things, that was where that, like that's where yeah. that upper level, upper level yeah. degrees were required for that. Yeah, so you can help with research without a PhD, obviously, but if you want to be the one who's deciding what kind of research you're doing, then the professor professor pathway is the one where you have the most autonomy to choose mm -hmm. exactly what it is you want to research. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the research that you were involved with, with um, kind of before you came to Stevens Point? Sure. So I, um, for my PhD, I did a project on climate change impacts on snow hydrology. Um, so both stream flow and groundwater and how does continued climate warming impact um, the seasonal cycle of stream flow and groundwater. Mm -hmm. And so I did a couple computer-based watershed modeling projects and then also a few projects that are entirely data-based. So data sets that already exist. So stream flow data sets and um, temperature and precipitation data sets and looking at different ways to analyze those with statistical methods to determine how climate change is impacting water resources specifically as it relates to snow. And then for the postdoc, I sort of continued on that research theme and it was more climate change impacts on water resources. Um, and we had this big project called Future Water Indiana, which if you just Google that, you'll find um, this interactive R shiny mapping interface that lets, lets you sort of peruse through all of the modeling results that were created from that project. Hmm. That's really interesting. Um, you're, you're talking about uh, doing research or like having those opportunities to do research at a graduate level. How can students get involved with research as an undergraduate? Um, so the way I did it was I just asked my professors at the time if they had any opportunities to do research. And I think that that is one of the best ways that anybody can get involved is to just have something that you're interested in and just go ahead and ask if there are any things available for you to get involved in. Um, and of course, here at UW Stevens Point, there is the Wheel Lab that you can um, inquire about to see if there's any jobs available working in the summer or if there's any research projects going on for students to be involved in. And yeah. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, so you said that a higher percentage of your 
like your job right now is working with research. Um, can students get involved with that too as well? Uh, so I'm still relatively new here and the current circumstances of everything has made this transition into this new job um, more challenging. Mm -hmm. And so I do not currently have any ongoing research projects that students can get involved in just because I was here for six months and then the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm very hopeful that in the future I will. So I would say check back with me if you're interested in groundwater, um, specifically in anything having to do with um, using big data sets, or hopefully in the future, I'll have something going in terms of a field-based research program as well, but I don't have anything right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a common theme that's been happening right now with uh, not being able to conduct research like usual. So um, mm -hmm. I think students will find, or at least this will help students get a good idea of where they can find jobs and or and or help with research when kind of things get back to normal, you know? Yeah. Where, where past, like when students do graduate, what are some places that students could find jobs? Um, so there's, of course, the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources has all kinds of jobs for people who have gotten degrees in a water resources related field. Mm -hmm. um, there are environmental consulting firms throughout the United States and throughout the world um, that employ people who have degrees in water resources. Uh, the one that I worked for was Ayers Associates and mm -hmm. I really like them as a company. Um, and then of course there's the federal jobs for National Park Service or the Forestry Service or right. the Environmental Protection Agency, um, just all kinds of different opportunities. Okay, yeah, so you can go, you can branch anywhere from like conducting those researchers to uh, like basically anywhere in the United States you could find a job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there, is there like a best place to work? Um, the best place? I don't know. It depends on what you like, I guess. I mean, um, when I was done with my undergrad, I would have told you that the best place to work was going to be the National Park Service because I really wanted to just spend all of my days in a national park. Um, yeah, I mean, it depends on what you like. So if you like being outdoors, there's plenty of opportunities with the National Park Service or the Forestry Service or um, even the U.S. Department of Agriculture. They have the USDA has some jobs related to water resources too. So there's all kinds of things. Okay. Um, so kind of wrapping things up a little bit, what, what is something like, what's a big pet peeve of yours that you have being in this field? Um, is there something that you really don't like that much or people have a misconception about? Mm, um, so I like groundwater misconceptions, mm -hmm. um, and so I'll I'll do that one. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, groundwater is like the less popular brother to surface water, right? Like <laughs> everybody sees surface water, and everybody cares about surface water, and if it's contaminated, you notice it. But groundwater is hidden and we use it, but we don't really think about it. And there's all kinds of different ideas that people have in their heads about what groundwater is. And some of them are correct and some of them are um, interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. So one of the most popular ones is like that groundwater is a lake 
that is under the ground. And my father actually um, thought this and possibly still thinks this, because I don't know if I've cleared up this misconception with him, but he thinks that the surface that we are on is floating on top of a lake of water and that there is just this lake of water under there and you like stick a straw on it and just suck it out. But mm -hmm. um, that is not how it is. There are certain karst where it's kind of like a lake in karst landscapes where there's big caves that are openings and filled with water, but otherwise it's all porous media where the water is filling in the pore spaces. Mm -hmm. So it's not an open body of water underneath the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's probably one of my pet peeves is that people don't actually know what groundwater is some of the time and um, they take advantage of it. So on the flip side of that, what do you really enjoy about uh, working with groundwater and hydrology? Um, so I love being an advocate for groundwater. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in the United States, over 99% of the rural population relies on groundwater for its drinking water supply. Wow, that's really high. It is really high. Um, and most people don't realize that. But almost everybody who lives outside city limits has their own well, and that well is tapping the groundwater and the waters, they are relying on groundwater for the drinking water supply. Um, and it's also used for something close to 50% of the irrigation water for growing crops in the United States. So it's very fundamental to our food supply and to our health. Um, but again, it's, it's largely overlooked. And I love teaching about groundwater in the university setting, but I would say that my favorite part of the job that I have is that I get to focus on being an advocate for groundwater research, re research and protection sort of statewide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, do you have any other final, final notes for students uh, to kind of make them more like what, what would you give yourself? What advice would you give yourself um, if you were going back to school right now? Like what could you give advice to students? Um, I don't know. I would say that if you, when you start at the university and you don't know what you wanna do, that's completely normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I went through, I don't know how many majors and I actually dropped out of college twice. So, um, if you have ever dropped out of college, like just don't give up. If you want to go back, you can still be successful. Um, so I, yeah, I went to three different universities before finishing my undergrad. I switched majors like five times, but then once I found the thing that was sort of the field for me, I had no trouble sticking with it. Okay, yeah. That was extremely helpful, I think, for students to hear. So thank you for tuning yes. in today. Um, uh, you are best reached by email, correct? That's probably yeah. the best way for people to get in contact with you if they have any questions. Okay. Yep, yeah. email is best. Yeah, sweet. So you guys can reach out to uh, Dr. Brand, and I hope that you guys can make it next week to hear about forestry with uh, Holly Petrillo. So until then, stay warm and eat those leftover turkey. <laughs>